This is Boom Goddess Radio, igniting inspiration in primetime women. We are Jennifer Davis-Page, B.B. Peters, and Dr. Andrea Gould. So exciting to be here and talking about this topic that is so common to, how should I say it, every one of us. And it's about skin. And it's about taking care of your skin, particularly in the desert climate. And we're so delighted this morning to have with us, not a spokesperson only, but the founder and the owner of a magical company called Sia Botanics, founded right here in Tucson. Her name is Christina Mahar, and the name of her company is Sia, spelled S as in Sam, I-A, Botanics. Welcome, Christina. We're so excited. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. And we're dedicated users of your product, so we're especially excited to have you here. Wonderful. Personal experience speaks a thousand words, right? Absolutely. That's our entire motto at our company is just use it. And that's it. We have no other marketing. (laughs) (laughs) Just use it. Then you'll be a believer. Christina, how did you come up with the name Sia? Sia actually, um, well, I was trying to find a name and um, you may or may not know lots and lots of names are trademarked now. It's very difficult to actually come up with a new name. But then I came across, uh, it's actually this old article on these Egyptian goddesses that were like not commonly known about anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And so um, one of them was Sia and and it means the the entity or the goddess of intelligence and wisdom. And I like the idea of combining that with plants because that's really what we do. So it's it's the wisdom of plants or, you know, the intelligence of nature, which is something I'll talk about a lot, how incredible that is. That's so wonderful and so much in alignment with our mission. So much in alignment. As boom goddesses. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, one of the things that I have found over living here in Tucson now for nine years is that I really have searched for the perfect um, moisturizing cream, particularly at night. And when Sia came into my orbit, uh, that was the cream that I ended up uh, using. So, and you're Dr. Andrea. Well, my experience is that I don't only use it at night. I sometimes leave a um, a small cup of it, uh, like where I can see it during the day. And if I'm feeling a little dry, I just, the beauty of the one that I use, which is the desert aloe cream, is that you need such a teeny little bit and it spreads and absorbs so rejuvenating. easily. Instantly rejuvenating, In- right? Instantly. Well, let's talk about how did you develop this? Like what came to mind? What made you create this? And then, of course, what makes it different? What sets you apart to the ingredients? Okay. So I've been formulating and in the skincare industry for over 20 years now, and um, I actually fell into it uh, when I was doing my undergraduate degree, just working with this little herbalist tincture maker and didn't have any particular thoughts about pursuing that. And then um, eventually, though, I ended up going back and studying cosmetics, chemistry and formulation, and I was working for a lab that does reverse engineering for places like CVS and Walgreens and things like that. 
And reverse engineering is that they take a product that already exists mm -hmm. and then they break it down. They break the formula back down and recreate it exactly as the other product, basically. So it's just it's figuring out what their formula was and then making it again. Copying um, it. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> Chemical <And> plagiarizing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so um, I did that for a number of years and um, was starting to have a lot of health issues that I didn't initially uh, relate to my my job there. And then finally, I started to realize that I was getting these migraine headaches and having this really foggy head and all this different kind of stuff every time I went in the lab. And through kind of looking at some you know different testing and stuff like that, just started realizing I'm super chemically sensitive. And it's not really something I believed in previous to that. Um, you know, my background in education didn't really allow for that to be a real thing, but it's 100 percent a real thing. It totally happens to me. And so um, I was fortunate enough at the time to be able to leave that position, and I started SIA. And I didn't start SIA thinking at all about, I'm going to make a, a certain retail brand or product. I just started making formulas that, you know, using my science background and what really works for formulation, and then really looking into that thing of what can I actually do that's going to avoid these chemical sensitivities and not have processed ingredients in it and not have chemicals in it, but still work from what my you know tr chemistry training is, um, I just started making formulas and products that I absolutely loved, you know. And then and, it just uh, kind of turned into. That? <laughs> so that was about eight years ago. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what made you love them? And what made it well, because they work? That's really. I mean, we can talk all day long about nature, but when you love a product, it's because it works. <laughs> and the you know it being natural and good for you and healthy is something you also want it to have. But nobody's going to use a product that's just natural if it's not also totally working. You know, so you know, so I just love them, and they didn't make me feel sick, and they didn't. You know, I didn't have any of my triggers or chemical reactions to it. Um, and even then, though, when I first started doing that, I was not actually using ingredients from the desert. And so um, one day I was just reading this article about studies that the university was doing on um, prickly pear cactus, actually. And they were studying it for um, cancers and diabetes. And really it was for its super anti-inflammatory uh, effects. So they were using it internally, doing these capsulations and stuff. And this light bulb just went off. I was like, well, if it's super, super anti-inflammatory, then it's also super antioxidants, which will be, you know, which is the youth piece in keeping your cells healthy. And so I started really looking into that ingredient. And it totally just blew my mind, actually. It opened this whole door of an area I'd never looked at. Because when you do traditional cosmetic formulation, there's nothing known about the, the, the ingredients coming out of the Sonoran Desert. And it turns out that not just prickly pear cactus, but anything that is really indigenous to this area, the super, super harsh climate here creates these incredibly nutritive, dense plants. And so you can you harvest things and it's like so like prickly pear cactus, it turns out that it has the highest level of betalanes, which is the super antioxidant. So it's going to help with wrinkles and fine lines and stuff. It has more of that in it than any other plant on earth. And not just by a little bit, by like 26 times the amount. And then it started me going down the whole path of what is in this area, you know, and, and it's mind blowing. It's totally incredible. We use a lot of jojoba, which is indigenous to this area. And that is an ingredient that is the, the closest to your skin's own natural um, hydration process. So it's like whether you have, um, you know, dry skin or you have oily skin or you have some combination in between, that ingredient will balance all of those skin issues out. It helps your skin function how it should on its own. So now we wind up understanding why we wound up in the desert, right. right? Right. So when we come back, we're going to go more deeply into that and how fortunate we are. 
Okay, so we're back with Christina Mahar, the founder and creator and mastermind behind Sia Botanics that is created right here in Tucson and sourced all over the world. And one of the topics that one of the ideas that our listeners may not be aware of, uh, Christina said that we have a very dramatic climate a extreme an extreme climate and we go from frozen temperatures uh you know 28 degrees and 30 to extremely hot as we have been experiencing this particular summer of about 112 or 15 degrees more the amount of dryness and then wetness so there are so many extremes going on and apparently that extreme is what enhances like and volumizes the contents right yeah so the sonoran desert is actually classified as the uh, most extreme desert in the world which means the highest variation of temperature highs to lows and that actually creates you wouldn't necessarily notice it initially but it actually creates um really unique adaptations in the plants because the plants that can survive and live in both a freezing climate and in a 120 degree climate what they do is they super, super concentrate their nutrients down. They grow very slowly, but they also have this perfect blend of trace minerals and all of like the peptides and amino acids that also feed our skin cells. Um, and that's what they're using in their little nutritive blend. And it's the longest living plants in the world have adapted to here too. And so, you know, seven, 800 years, and it's that blend of trace minerals and um, all of the peptides and amino acids in that perfect kind of blend that is that helps them do that. So how do you source these products? You go out in the desert with your backpack and you chisel away at a prickly pear? Your harvest? What's the, what's your the process, honey? Garbon? I, I don't personally do that anymore. So one of one of our things at SIA is to be really sustainable. And so um, as we get larger, um, we do still wild harvest and or work with wild harvesters or like native seed search and places like that to get wild harvested ingredients. But when we hit a certain point that we feel like that's probably not sustainable to the desert area, we then start working with farms. So we work with like a local farm that does prickly pear cactus down outside of Green Valley. And you know, cool. they make the juice and we use their juice. And, and so we try to work as much as we can with local farmers or wild harvesters. How do wild harvesters actually go out and obtain the um, the potent ingredients from the actual cactus, which are not that friendly no, to um, not. harvesters? <laughs> so, you know, have you ever seen those really long poles with um, the little, like, fruit pickers and stuff on the yes. top? That's what they'll do when they're getting the, like, we use the fruits from the prickly pear, or um, I don't so much use a saguaro because it's endangered, but we'll use other taller blossoms and, and things like that. Um, but the thing about it is that most of them are, they, they totally bloom in the summertime. So they are out there at, you know, six o'clock in the morning and it's still 95 or 100 degrees. And, and hopefully if they're doing it sustainably, you know, they're taking one from each plant and they're not, you know, just going in one area and, and harvesting every blossom and every fruit in one section. But the aloe, the aloe pops up everywhere mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that must be differently sustainable yes yeah i actually grow a ton of that in my backyard and we harvest it for our work too um it's not exclusively where we get it from and it does really really well here in the desert it doesn't look as beautiful and big as you know these tropical ones but the nutrient density is incredible and these i like to, i like to equate them to heirloom you know 
yes, um, to farmers markets and stuff <clears throat> like that because they're they're crazy looking. But if you actually run the tests, I mean, this little teeny plant that's just a few inches big will have ten times the nutrient density as these huge six foot tropical ones because they have the same amount of all of those nutrients that you're looking for in these just teeny little, you know, scraggly looking things. It makes us. <laughs> And so uh, when you harvest that, that's one part of it. And then what else is there in the makeup, in the creation of the product, the scent, the texture? How do you uh, test and develop that? Okay. Because it's also luscious. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a lot of years of formulation. So I have a formulation book at this point, which means, um, you know, formulations I've created over the years that are, whether that's a cream or a lotion or all these things. And it's, you know what it's just like is it's just like cooking. That's what I was thinking. It's like having a recipe, but you have to follow the recipe very carefully. Just like, you know, you can't throw too much salt in and you don't put want to put too much, you know, baking powder in or whatever you're doing. So you just you develop a very clear recipe and it's a lot of the same ingredients when you're making natural products. You know, we work with really you know, beautiful oils and distilled water or distillate. So, you know, like a rose distillate or a lavender distillate or um, something like that, which basically is just like a tea. I mean, it's slightly different because it's a distillation process. But when you think about it, it's like soaking a plant and just getting all the nutrients out into the what we call the water phase. There's So for a cream, there's a water phase and an oil phase and you put all your different ingredients into there till they're perfect. And then you heat them both to the right temperature and you blend them together. And then we also do something called what I call cold process additive um, because ideally, you know, when you're talking about vitamins, you're talking about essential oils and you're talking about real, you know, additives like seaweeds or if you're talking about, you know, even jojoba or something like that is you you want to heat it as little as possible because that kills off the nutrients, right? So we will make our bases and then cold process add in all of the things that we really want to be active and working for your skin. That's great. Never thought about it that way, but that's absolutely true. You really have to layer this whole process. So soup to nuts, oh, a, a, um, to use a, continue to use the recipe metaphor, um, what quantities do you create when you create, for instance, my favorite desert aloe cream? The desert aloe cream. We will usually make that um, 25 gallons of it at a time when we make it. But what we do is, a, even though from the you know chemistry standpoint and putting products and stuff on the shelf, we certainly use preservative system and we use this great um, uh, uh product that's made from uh, fermenting kimchi. And it's actually the byproduct of doing that. That's the per um, preservative that we use. So the products are stable and have a shelf life. But like, unlike a lot of manufacturers, I don't make a batch supply that will last a year and is going to go sit in the warehouse and then go to a distributor and then end up on a shelf and then already be a year and a half old when you get it. So when we make product, we, we try to only make enough that's going to last us for three months worth of our sales. So we constantly just turn the product over and just try to make fresh batch as much as possible. And when somebody does buy it, mm -hmm. how long does it last? What's the shelf life in a typical home? Well, I formulate everything for a two-year shelf life. Mm. Um, and, you know, so, so once you open it, you should expect that your product will be nice and last you for a year, as long as you don't, 
you know, leave it in your car in Arizona summer and it, you know, is going to melt. Anything's going to melt. Your your cement block's going to melt in your car right now. Um, So, you know, and, and, you know, and you don't get tons of, you know, water in it or, you know, just do anything super weird with it. It should just be stable for, you expect you should be able to use it for a year. Sometimes when I go away on vacation, I put my favorite things in the refrigerator. That never hurts. It slows down the process for everything. I mean, cold slows everything down. So um, one of the things that I want to talk about, and I know that you're so passionate about, is education. And what we've just heard you describe, the love and care and the specificity of creating the ingredients or repeating the recipe over and over, right? Um, How is education important to you in your business, in your product creation? Well, you know, that's that's a great question because... One of this is something I am really passionate about is, you know, coming from a more traditional formulation background and now having a business where we work exclusively in uh, the more you know naturals and we're not using synthetic colorants and um, fragrances and all those different types of things. Um, one thing, if, if I could just get anything across to people, is that the idea of these technologically advanced ingredients being better for you than supernatural products is a complete myth perpetuated by the marketing industry of the you know the beauty marketing industry which is this billion dollar industry and you know i guess the the easiest way to probably try to explain that is i'll use the analogy of vitamins you know so when you want to be healthy your best option is going to be to eat a fresh, you know, fresh salad with all these fresh ingredients in it kind of a thing. And and the reason for that is because when you when you ingest that, it's actually all stuff that your body can use. So if I extract vitamin C out of real lemons or, you know, real oranges, what I'm getting is I'm getting that vitamin C, but I'm also getting all of the supportive compounds and molecular structures that go with that. And it's those supportive compounds that actually allow your cells to utilize the ingredient versus a synthetic. It can be bioidentically the same as as just vitamin C too, but in nature, it, it isn't just vitamin C. It's it's vitamin C plus all these other compounds. that, And that's what your body's actually adapted to using. And it's the same in skincare as it is internally. So you can have a product with a 20% vitamin C, and it's a synthetic vitamin C, and one that is a 20% vitamin C, and it's actually extracted out of plants. And what you're going to get, though, is you're going to find that it doesn't matter there's 20% in there. Only maybe 2% actually gets into the cells. And that's just an example. But And whereas this one, it's 100% bioavailable, and the cells are actually totally using it. So you're getting – you can look at an ingredient deck and see the exact same things, but knowing the source of where that ingredient comes from, it's totally different what your, what your skin is actually able to utilize. And I think – it's something that makes really good sense to people when they, you know, I was going back to that supplement concept because all the time you'll take a supplement and they'll be like, oh, well, we've realized that supplement, that, you know, that doesn't, vitamin D doesn't absorb without magnesium. So even though you've been taking that for two years, it's just been going right through your system. Or, oh, we realized that this ingredient doesn't work without that one or this. That's something that only happens when you're working with something synthetic that's been isolated. When you use real whole plant concepts, they have all the supportive structures in there, so you know that your skin is actually using them. 
So that concept, educationally, of bioavailability, I want to underscore that because that is the most compatible, the most utilizable, the least amount of waste, Mm -hmm. and therefore the most beneficial. Yes, and I also want to talk specifically about how do we take care of skin after 50? Are there new demands? Are there new practices that we should be employing after we come back? Welcome back, and I am just so, we we are so full of questions. Okay, so here we are in the desert. So we're walking outside from our air-conditioned home, which may be in the 70s, and boom, we're hit with 110 degree heat. How do we protect ourselves? What What is the armor, aside from SPF, and do your products have SPF? What do you recommend? Well, I, I'm somebody who will always uh, say the triage of skin protection. And your first and best line of defense is actually f- some sort of physical cover. Wear your hat, turn your head away from the sun. There is no um, substitute for that. And um, that would know, be avoidance. Yes, that's, that's the <laughs> avoidance factor. <laughs> There's no substitute, though, for just doing that, just not leaving, you know, your face to this sun, especially, and especially in the summer, right? Um, The second one is to use a natural sunscreen. And when I say natural, I mean, um, if we're talking about the FDA approved um, ingredient concepts, that means non-nano zinc or titanium oxide is what's in the product. Now, yes, our products do contain sunscreens. We have one that is an SPF 30, the Prickly Pear Daily Moisturizer, and it's non-nano titanium and zinc. Uh, a lot of our products actually contain natural sun protection factors, but due to FDA regulations, we can't make that claim, particularly like on the packaging. And that's because all ingredients coming out of the desert have adaptive sun protection, right? They they all have it. Now, the reason that you can't make that claim is because... So aloe vera has, you know, sun protection factors and jojoba has sun protection factors and they all do. That's how they survive here. <clears throat> You can't make that claim, though, because what the FDA wants is they want, and the FDA is the Food and Drug Administration. They regulate all skin care and drugs. Um, what they want is they want to be able to say, this is exactly an SPF 30. And so when you're talking about a natural plant from harvest to harvest, is it an SPF 32 or a 28 or a, you know, it, it varies too much for them. So they don't they don't like that. It's not exactly, you know, one number that they can quantify. But, um, you know, in general, you most products that have natural ingredients in them, most um, you know, oils and aloe veras and things like that are going to have at least a some sun protection factor, whether that's SPF eight to fifteen or something like that. Um, and what's the third item? So the hat, the SPF, and you said there were like three things that we should do for oh, the weather. For for the weather for the sun yeah. particularly. So of um yeah, so we're talking avoidance and we're talking natural SPF. Um and the third one that actually will make your skin look and feel a lot better is to make sure that you're really regularly exfoliating because it really dries that top layer of skin out. Um and so you want to just make sure that you're using some kind of exfoliation on the skin. 
And that actually circles right back around to your other question. Yeah, right, which I'd love to. So now we're in the question of what about special care for skin care after 50? Mm -hmm. What is the wisdom, Miss? Because this is the day we're capturing all the nuggets for staying young, feeling great, looking beautiful, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So um, there are actually some very specific things that start to happen um, to your skin structures and how your skin functions, structure function, in that age range, you know, heading into your late 40s and, into, and going through your late 50s, depending on where it happens for people. And and there's a couple of specific things. The, the number one that's the most noticeable to people right in that time frame is that it's something called their cellular turnover process slows down. And basically what that means is that... <clears throat> Somewhere in a 20 to 35 day cycle, your skin is shedding off every layer of its top skin. But when that slows down, it suddenly goes from what used to be 20 days to being 30 days or 35 days. And so it's just happening much more slowly. And the impact of that is that it's exactly what you're talking about earlier about you will tend people who tend to get blemishes when they're as they're older and it's not really a hormonal teenage thing. It's because of cellular turnover. It is not particularly um, it's something that should be addressed in that way and not addressed the way that you would address it um, in the younger hormonal ages. It also makes your skin look thicker and duller. So it's it'll have that kind of it's like it doesn't look vibrant. It doesn't look um, it, uh, it's not sparkling, right? You exactly. Want that yeah, it doesn't. In your it's skin. not luminous and glowing. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Radiant. And radiant. Yes. Exactly. And you're wondering why I'm doing uh-huh. all this stuff. I'm right. putting more and more and more hydration on, and then it also seems dry. It seems really dry, and so. All of those things, though, and this is a really pretty simple thing to add to your routine, whatever else you're doing, is that you want to start manually exfoliating the skin. You need to start helping your cellular turnover. So I'm really interested in knowing more about the cellular turnover, And right? how we can take and control, can of, take it control of it And would a washcloth do, do that? Like, what type of products and or things do we need to do? So a washcloth will minorly do that, but that's not going to be everything that you need. What you're really looking for is you're looking for products. So in your step, if you clean your face, you want to add a step in, you wash your face, and then you do an exfoliation. And so that can be manual, which is using something that has jojoba beads or, you know, ground up pumice or something like that. Uh, You want to stay away from those micro uh, plastic beads. Those are really horrible for the environment. So you want to look for products that don't have that. And that's called a manual exfoliation. That will help somewhat. Uh, The other piece that that will do is when you exfoliate off, you'll find that your moisturizers work way, way better. So you'll also start having luminous dewy skin again, and it won't look so dull. And and you'll notice that your creams and moisturizers are working again. If you're wondering why you don't ever seem to be able to get rid of dry skin, think about the exfoliation piece first. So, but the most effective way to actually do that is to look for products. And you can find these as serums or as washes, but you're looking for products that have either AHAs, which is alpha hydroxy acids, and those can be totally naturally derived. We, we, we use a lot of glycolic in our products, mild levels of glycolic, and we derive that from sugarcane extract or orange blossom extract or a combination of those things. Um, so AHAs or vitamin A, both of those things have the impact that when you apply them on a daily basis, so in your lotion, in your serum, or as a cleanser, 
that they will just naturally loosen the bond. So the the dead skin cells have almost like glue holding them together. They just loosen those bonds right up so that just naturally and without a lot of harshness, as long as you're not using too high a percentages, will just very um, easily, without even thinking about it, just be continually slouging off that top layer of skin. And you'll find that you know, and if you're in that age range, that 50-something age range, that if you break out a lot, it will probably clear most of that up. That if you have dry skin, you'll, if, as long as you continue to apply lotion afterwards and creams, that you will stop having such dry skin, that your skin will look more radiant, it will look a lot um, more luminous, and it will handle all of those types of issues in that range. In skincare, we talk about skincare steps. There's cleaning your skin, which is a very important piece of it. And then, you know, and basically everything else is hydrating your skin until you get to the idea of a serum or a mask. But a serum specifically, what it's designed, we call it corrective skincare. It's designed each one to do something specific, not just maintain the skin, but correct something or a perception of something that you would like and wrinkles so, like uh, wrinkles yes possibly? wrinkles oh, um, red sun spots? and age spots <laughs> red spots um you know the start you know it helps with um you know collagen and elastin building and you know firmness and things like that and all of these are helping none of these are you know going to be i don't like to oversell but they do they can make a very significant difference and so a serum is essentially just a super super concentrated formula where nothing in it is anything but actives that are going to impact the skin and you use them for those type of specific things. We have ones that are going to be, um, you know, for fine lines and wrinkles, and we have ones that are going to help with hyperpigmentation and, you know, and redness and rosacea and all those different types of more specific skin concerns that you have. And some people get really, really into it, and they'll have, you know, these eight-layer steps, and they're doing all of them and and all of that. And, you know, if you're not that person, you can also look for ones that, that will address a broader spectrum of of concerns or, or things like that. So they do they do really make a difference if you know if you feel like that's you know a, a direction you want to pursue. We're also always continuing to age and embracing that I think is a in in a healthy way is very important. Yes, yes, yes. That for sure is a theme for uh, today. What I also want to uh touch upon a little bit is the cost of these products. Um, it seems that, you know, we see products that go for, I don't know, sometimes $150, $200, $400, $500, whatever the um, amount. And it's so uh, exorbitant and inaccessible to many people. And yet your products are, I believe, modestly priced. How did you devise that pricing? So in the skincare industry as a whole, a price point has really very little to do with the efficacy of a product. Um, you know, most companies, these the billion-dollar big players in the industry, you know, it's well known that you know 60% of their budget is marketing, 20% is admin, and the remainder is your ingredients and your actual packaging, you know, of that product when you look at a price. And that's because, you know, they have to, you know, convince you to buy it using all these amazing, you know, models and TV commercials and stuff like that. So what we do, one of the things that I do is I'm, I'm really committed to not having filler in products. So we try to make products where, I always say that too, is that the little goes a really long way. If you usually use a quarter 
of a wash, do a pea size, you know, and just put some water in it because there isn't any fill in these products. But the other thing that we do is we are the formulator and the manufacturer and the distributor, and we don't really actually do marketing. And so that's the big, the big piece there. And, you know, you're getting it direct from the formulator. And usually when you're purchasing, if you're purchasing at a store, what you're getting is you're getting, a, you know, about eight other, you know, companies have touched that product before it's sitting in that store and every single one of them has a markup that goes there. And so, you know, it's the formulator, which usually, by the way, is not the company that is even in these big ones. So it's, you know, there's the formulation lab. They, they pay for the formula, then they pay the manufacturer to make it, then they pay the warehouse to store it, then they pay the distributors to disperse it, you know, then they're paying the, you know, stores to hold it and carry, you know, so like every one of those places you're getting the double up markups all the way across the board. And so, so you avoid so much of that. So your products end up costing, what do you say, in the 15 to 35 or 40 yep. Yeah, range? I don't even think we have a single $40 product yes. in, our, yes. <laughs> in our line. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I think, I think our most expensive product is $32. Now, I was just wondering about the physiological effect of using items from the environment that you're living in as opposed to importing those. That is a great question. Um, so the, you know, Benefits of the ingredient decks of the Sonoran Desert and the cactus coming out of here are universal. But that's still a great question because what people want to use and will be effective to use on their skin very much does depend on where they live. And what matters a lot more is not so much is it and a plant that's close to them. It matters understanding the weather. Weather changes really, really impact our skin. And so for here, you know, say the desert aloe and jojoba cream that you use all the time is by far the best bestseller. And that is because of our specific climate. It's so dry here and so warm here. But if you go somewhere else like Florida and you know, it's super humid. That product is going to sit on top of the skin and it's not going to absorb well and they're not going to like it as much. And so we, you know, we try to manufacture product sets that work for every age range and then also work for every um, weather situation that is out there. And and even, you know, I'll find that we ch I change you know, in the seasons here, when it gets really humid here, I'll actually start using some of the lighter serums and the lighter moisturizers. And you know, I'll go through buckets of the deep hydration in the, in the winter here when it's just so, so dry. Um, and that's kind of the same. It's like, so every area will tend to have different, um, different uh, Demands, types of needs yeah. for what they yeah. need for their skin. But we have products that will cover all of those. Um, and so speaking of that, what about where can people find the products? Miss, tell us about the website and how they can order things and all of that. Yeah, so we have, yeah, we definitely, you can always go to the website and order things directly there from anywhere in the world and a lot of other countries too. And we do have a few distributors, distributor in Vietnam, and we have a distributor in Taiwan. And so you can actually get products direct in those countries. Um, locally in town, um, one of the other things that we do is we we do products for services. So you can get our products at a lot of spas where they will that's what will be used in the facials. So you can Miraval or Canyon Ranch or Star Pass, um, and then a lot of really amazing um, local independent estheticians who are just running their own businesses and they are just awesome. And um, and, and what's your website? Our, our website is siabotanics.com. So and it's S as in Sam I A botanics.com. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's excellent. And if people wanted to purchase in person, uh, do you offer that at your new uh, location or not at this time? 
Well, I always like to encourage people to purchase through their esthetician. If they don't have one, um, yes, they definitely can. And actually, they still should go to the website, order on the website, and just select it for office pickup because we're there manufacturing and, and really actually making products. So we're not just, you know, we do have a retail space that people can come in, but we ask them to usually call ahead of time. And we're totally happy to have you come in and we'll chat with you about your skin and, and do that. But it's a little bit better to call ahead of time. Or if you do know what you want, place the order online and just say office pickup. Fantastic. And we'll just have it That's a great option. We love, I love that. that option. And we'll be sure to write that out in our show notes. And you can find that in our blog on boomgoddessradio.com. Thank you so much for joining us today, Christina. Thank you Christina. guys for having me. For more information, visit our website, boomgoddessradio.com, and follow us on Facebook, Boom Goddess. We'd love to hear from you. Your interest powers our programs.